All right, so Jacob Blake, let's talk about this. Um, Kenosha District Attorney uh, Michael Gravely announced on Tuesday afternoon that no charges will be filed against any of the police officers that were involved in the shooting of Jacob Blake last year. Quote, it is my decision now that no Kenosha law enforcement officer will be charged with any criminal offense based on the facts and laws, Gravely said. Blake was shot after he failed to cooperate with law enforcement officers who were attempting to place him under arrest, and after he attempted to enter a vehicle. Blake had allegedly admitted that he had a knife in his possession, which police later recovered from inside the vehicle. Police officer, this is uh, the Daily Wire reported last year, police officer Rustin Chesky said he shot Blake, quote, because he was afraid Blake, while attempting to flee the scene, was trying to kidnap a child in the backseat of the vehicle, end quote. CNN reported in an article titled, uh, Lawyer says cop shot Jacob Blake after hearing a mother's desperate plea, he's got my kid, he's got my keys, end quote. Chesky's attorney, Brennan Matthews, noted that if Blake had been allowed to drive away and something happened to the child, the entire narrative would be about why the officer didn't do something to stop Blake. The New York Post reported that at the time that Blake had a warrant out for his arrest when people, uh, when police responded to the scene where they later shot Blake. The Associated Press was slammed online by conservatives and progressives in the media on Tuesday for the way they initially covered the announcement from Kenosha's DA, leaving off critical context. Uh, this is from Breitbart's editor, Joel Pollock. Thanks, at AP, for zero context and extra racism. Uh, Breitbart editor Joel Pollock wrote, quote, There was a warrant for Jacob Blake's arrest. He visited his alleged sexual assault victim, who called 911. He then resisted arrest and allegedly reached for a knife. He pleaded guilty to lesser charges. You guys reading for riots? Question mark. Yeah. Here's another one, and I'm gonna give you my my uh, my take. Quote off off way for AP to write up a story where a man violated a restraining order against a woman who had charged who had charged he had sexually assaulted her. Physically fought cops, had a knife, and was trying to get away with her kids in a possible chase situation. Progressive Zaid uh, Jelani wrote, The way you would read the Associated Press write-up, there's no indication the police were acting in defense of the woman themselves and the children. And this is what the AP said. They said, Wisconsin prosecutors declined to charge a white police officer who shot black man in back, leaving him paralyzed. Did you catch it? Let me read it again. Wisconsin prosecutors declined to charge white police officer who shot black man in back, leaving him paralyzed. No context. Or they say, look, a white a white police officer shot a black man. Yes, that's true. But once again, what else is involved here? This wasn't, this wasn't, you know, Officer Shesky just twirling his baton and strolling down the street, you know, humming a song and he sees Jacob Blake and he's like, oh my God, there goes one of the black ones and he shoots him. That's not what happened here. Con remember, context matters.
And this is a way, this, this is how it's supposed to be done. The media tries to lie and they say, well, if, if they can't, here's the thing, if they can't lie, they try to put it in a way to where they just leave out context. That's what they do. Um, so remember, always look for context. But anyway, you know, we kind of knew this would happen. We knew that Jacob Blake was, he was resisting arrest. He was told to stop multiple times. And again, this has nothing to do with his race. He was ordered to stop. When an officer tells you to stop, you're supposed to stop. You do not keep walking away and wa- or walking towards them. And then you especially do not reach into a car. You don't do that. There, you know, I've seen some reports of people, you know, getting ready to protest and riot. And it's like, so what exactly? What it, see, here's the thing. My question is. Are these people really just completely ignorant of what happened? Or do they not care? That's really the question. Now, which is, now which, now let's just think about these two options. They don't know. If these people have the internet, if these people have YouTube, if these people have, you know, Google, if they have, Facebook, if they have Twitter, they can see what happened. We know the facts of what happened with Jacob Blake. So the act, the, the, the knowledge is readily available. Okay. Or all they care about is the narrative. All they care about is, uh, yeah, yeah, we know, yeah, yeah, we know, yeah, okay, yeah, he was resisting, resisting arrest, and yeah, he reached into the car, and yeah, he had a knife, but, 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 but see, it's, 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 it's a white, it's a white officer shooting a black guy. This is institutional racism, this is systemic racism. And this is why we protest, this is why we riot. And look, now he's paralyzed, his life has changed forever, because of systemic racism. Is that what they're going for there? It's just absurd. It's completely and totally absurd. Do I feel sorry for Jacob Blake? No. And people ask me, you know, let, let, let me say this. I think I've talked about this multiple times before. Um, I was actually talking to a coworker of mine about sympathy. And I was explaining to them, I said, you know, it's something, sympathy sympathy is something that I only have so much of. You know, when something unfortunate happens to someone and it's not their fault, they get my sympathy. But when someone puts themselves in a really bad situation, I cannot give, I cannot give them sympathy. And by the way, this is, this is true, um... There, there is in all people, and some people have more sympathy than others, than others. But the truth is, there is a sympathy bank. There's only so much sympathy that you can that you can withdraw and give out to give out to other people. 
Who do we have sympathy for? Okay. Kids with cancer. You know. You know. The, 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 the child, the children in the orphanages. You know, those who were, those whose, their parents didn't want them and they just took them to the orphanage. You know, the ones who, you know, again, this is, this is a California story and I've been paying close attention to it. But you have, you have this, this 22 year old lady. Um, she's driving, she's driving under the influence and there's this, uh, family. They're Hispanic. The dad just wanted to take him out for a drive and just to get him out of the house. Cause you know, COVID and all this stuff. And it's like, okay, we got to get some fresh air. Let's, let's get out of the house. Let's free our minds a little bit. They go, they go and drive and the kids are in the back. The adults are in the front. Parents are in the front. And the 22-year-old kills both parents. Now you have three orphans. That's where sympathy goes. Sympathy goes towards the, the three children. That's where sympathy is aimed at. When you look at Jacob Blake, I cannot, and I, and I believe most people, simply do not have sympathy for Jacob Blake. He's not paralyzed because of some horrific accident. It's not like, you know, it's not like, you know, he ran into a, it's not like he ran into a burning, you know, a burning structure to save a child and became, you know, and saved it, but became paralyzed in the process. It's not, you know, it's not like he, you know, he was, he was stopping a kidnapping. No, this is a guy who was breaking the law. He was bringing physical harm to a woman, children, and officers. He was breaking the law. This is a person who I have no sympathy for. Can he turn his life around? Absolutely. Because remember, you're not the worst thing that you've done. We see many examples of that in the Bible. But the truth is, I do not have sympathy for Jacob Blake. And I would say most people don't. If you have, if you gave someone all the context and you gave someone all the facts and you explain this and you, you have them look at the story and you, you have them look at everything. If you, if you did that to a, if you did that for say a hundred people, showed all the evidence, showed all the facts, would their conclusion involve sympathy for Jacob Blake? Or would they say, yeah, I mean, that's what happens when you, when you, when you break the law and when you resist police officers. There is, there is, there is no sympathy for this man. There, I, I, I have none for Jacob Blake. This isn't, this is, this has nothing to do with systemic racism. This whole case, it's, it's very simple. When, when an officer tells you to stop, you're supposed to stop. Don't put your hands in your pockets. Keep your hands where they can see them. Don't go and reach into your car. Don't run away from them. Don't try to fight them. Don't go for their taser. When you do those things, 
bad things happen. It's not because it's not because you're black. It's not like it's not, you know, it's not the the bullet the bullet is not magnetically drawn to 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 dark skin. That's not what happens. The reason the bullet is fired, the reason the round is fired is because the the perpetrator is doing something that they're not supposed to be doing. We see police chases all you see police chases all the time on TV. They finally catch the guy and he gets out the car, there's spotlights on him, there's guns aimed at him. What do they do? They tell him to either get on the ground or to walk to keep his hands in the air, walk back towards them. Do you ever see them get shot when they, when they comply? When they do as they're told, no one gets hurt. No one get no one gets hurt in that situation. But if you ch- if you were to charge them or to go over them or to try to run and grab a citizen and take them hostage, bad things are going to happen. It has nothing to do with racism. Let me say this. If you think that this is that this is this has to do with racism, please reach out to me and 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 explain your case. Explain your case. I have yet to I get to see anyone or talk to anyone who actually feels bad for Jacob Blake. Or talk or you know, I haven't talked to anyone who said, yeah, you know, this th- that the officers were wrong. Every single person that I've talked to about this, conservative, independent, liberal, Republican, Democrat, left, right, all the people that I've talked to, all the people that I've talked to and had an honest conversation with said, yep, yeah, I mean, that's that's what happens. Sucks to suck. Hopefully, you know, hopefully he turns, he turns his life around. But that's what happens. So, um, justice has been served in the case of Jacob Blake. Okay. So, uh, this is also from the Daily Wire. Um, study finds that 10 10 cities losing the most residents, uh, they're all run by Democrats. Uh, this week, United Van Lines released their annual, quote, moving habits study, detailing which American cities gained the most new transplants and which saw the largest exodus. According to their data, the following cities saw the highest percentage of new residents compared to departures. Okay, so these, so the cities I'm about to name are uh, cities that were destinations. Okay. Uh, Wilmington, North Carolina. Two, Sarasota, Florida. Three, Boise, Idaho. Four, Huntsville, Alabama. Five, Fort Myers, Florida. Six, Knoxville, Tennessee. Seven, Melbourne, Florida. Eight, Austin, Texas. Nine, Nashville, Tennessee. Ten, Fort Collins, Colorado. Now let's look at cities that lost residents. Nassau, New York, Bergen, New Jersey, Trenton, New Jersey, New York, New York, 
Newark, New Jersey, Chicago, Illinois, Bremerton, Washington, Bridgeport, Connecticut, Middlesex, Middlesex, uh, New Jersey, Lake, Illinois. Mm. Every single one of these cities is in a solidly blue state. And, um, by the way, I, I actually encourage you guys to go look at the list for yourself. It's really, it's really interesting. Um, and the Daily Wire points this out. Um, but 23 of the top 25 cities, uh, on the moving, on the quote, moving from list were in states dominated by Democrats. That's saying something. That is saying something. This is, cause what, what are people trying to do? People, remember, what is it that people care about? People care about the economy. People care about, can I buy milk, eggs, and bread for me and my family. Blue states are saying, okay, shut everything down, keep everyone closed, no one do anything. But there are plenty of red states saying, okay, yeah, we're going we're gonna to work around this, we can work through this. The answer is not staying at home and sitting in our basement and twirling our thumbs and hoping that this goes away. You can come, you can come here, you can live here, you can work, we're open. You can function. You'd be able to work here and you could be able, you'd be able to afford milk, eggs, and bread for you and your family. That's what people are looking for. People are looking, how can I provide? What's most desirable? And again, that is why, again, going back to the study, America is the number one destination for immigrants. It's not even close. It, 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 it's it's not a close number two. Why is that? Because America is the land of opportunity. America is the land where people say, you know what? Regardless of what I what I come from, what's happened to my me and my ancestors, when we get here in America, the opportunities are endless. Regardless of my status, we can we can pursue the American dream and we can rise to the top. We can work hard. And we're not, we're not, we're not stuck. I'm able to take my own, my destiny into my own hands. Me and my family, we can take our destiny into our own hands. That's why people come to America. So when we look at this, when we look at these lists, people are saying, look, they're leaving these cities because they're saying, what can I do? I'm hogtied in these, I'm hogtied in Chicago, Illinois. I'm chained to the wall in Trenton, New Jersey. I'm bound and gagged in Lake Illinois. I can't do anything. I'm stuck. And so they go up and they say, well, where can we go? Where, where can I provide for my family? Where can we be loosed? And where can we, where are we allowed to function? Where do I have an opportunity to raise my lot? Where do I have an opportunity to provide for myself and for my family? Look at over there in Boise, Idaho. Well, that's, it's nice over there. That's pretty good. Wow, Wilmington, North Carolina. They're, 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 they're functioning over there. My kids are able to go to school over there. That's what they're looking at. What can I do for myself and for my family? Can we function? Can we live? 
Do we have opportunities? That's what people are looking for. People want the best things for themselves and for their families. Back to the article. It turns out that liberal and leftist policies are a lot more popular with politicians and woke voters than those who have to live with the consequences. Leftist voters are happy to elect leaders promising, quote, free stuff. Evidently, they're not so happy when the bill for that free stuff falls, uh, free stuff inev- inevitably falls in their lap. Residents in New York have the highest tax burden of any state in the country. Connecticut is the sixth worst, New Jersey is the seventh worst, and Illinois is the ninth worst. By contrast, every single city on the moving to list is in a red conservative state with a tax burden well below the national average. Florida, for example, has the fourth lowest tax burden, with Tennessee having the second lowest, Alabama having the eighth lowest, and Idaho having, Idaho having the thirteenth lowest. That is not a coincidence. Perhaps if Democrat politicians weren't taxing their constituents so heavily, they might stick around instead of fleeing for warmer and redder climates. And here, he, here's here's the main here's here's the main thing I want you guys to hear. People may not always vote with their pocketbook, but they do move with their but they do move with their pocketbook. Thanks to the increased career flexibility brought by technology, fewer Americans than ever before find themselves stuck in states with a high cost of living. That's pretty amazing. Because of what we have with technology today, because of what we can do in today's world, you can work remotely. So you're not tied. It's like, okay, well, I have to go into the office. So my job is here. I have to be on site and I have to go into the office. So we, we, we can't move. That's now, that's now becoming a thing of the past more and more for more and more people. And not just here in America, but around the world. So they're saying, okay, well, wait a minute. If I can work from anywhere, if I can do my job from anywhere, why, why would I stay here and have the government grabbing me by my ankles and shaking me upside down to empty my pockets? Why can't I just go over there, a couple states over, and do my job and have a higher quality of life? I mean, what what would you do? Again, people, you know, I tell people all the time, the, the minute I become financially able to, once I become financially independent... I'm leaving California. I mean it it, it it's it's going to make my own head spin. What the back in the article, one might also wonder the impact COVID-19 regulations have had on moving habits in 2020. In addition to being among the most highly taxed states in America, many of the cities on the quote moving from list end quote are among those with the strictest COVID-19 regulations amid the pandemic. With Democrat politicians seemingly in a competition to see who can single-handedly shut down the most small businesses, current and looming businesses, business lockdowns have surely been the lash off for a many a weary small business owner. Listen to this. For example, it's a tall task for any Democrat politician to convince an already overtaxed single mother to sit around and wait for her employer to open back up 
instead of seeking opportunities in states with economies that are open and booming. I'm in California, in case you didn't know. Recently, we were just told in L.A. County that just, and again, this is more fear-mongering, leaving your house is high risk. Leaving your home is high risk. Outrageous. With vaccinations moving forward at a snail's pace and an incoming Biden administration intent on shutting down the economy further, many average Americans are moving not to make a political statement but to survive. Now it's time for refugees fleeing blue states to realize one thing. If they vote for Democrat politicians in their new state, there won't be anywhere left to flee to. Now, that is something that has to be understood. What I tell people, what I want people to understand is soon I will be moving, I will become one of the quote-unquote refugees. Okay. You cannot vote for Democrats. You can't vote for leftist ideas and leftist policies. Why? Because the places that we that we are leaving have become destroyed due to Democrats, due to leftist policies, due to just bad politics and bad ideas and bad legislation. So, when you move, when we move, when I move, I will be voting Republican. I'm going to be voting for, I'm going to be voting for people and politicians who are going to do things conservatively. Conservative policies, liberal policies. People love, see, here's, see, here's the amazing thing about this. People love the, here's the thing, people like the idea of liberal policies because when you listen to liberal policies, they sound really great if you only think about it for two seconds. They sound wonderful. But then when you actually use the brain that God gave you, you realize how bad, how bad the ideas actually are. When you look deeper into them, it's like, oh my God, that's a bad idea. But the thing is, people vote. See, and, and that's, people vote, and then it becomes, becomes too late, and it becomes even more ruined. Here in California, voting Republican is pretty pointless. It's pretty pointless. I don't think California will ever, for, I mean, for the rest of human history, I don't think California will ever have a Republican governor. Ever. I don't think it's ever going to happen again. California's legislation is completely garbage. If I, if I, I may do this one episode. I may just go over some laws that we have here in California. Your heads will explode. But that's where we are, folks. That's where we are. Places that are run by Democrats, cities that are run by Democrats, states that are run by Democrats, don't do well. They're not doing well. It's undesirable. I'm telling you, what I, I, I cannot wait to leave this state. I can't. I can't wait. I cannot wait.
And when, when, when I look at this, I just say, man, let, let me just, let me just say that to, let me just say this to Democrats. If you want people to vote for you, if you want people to keep you, if, if, well, no, if you want people to vote for you, if you want more people to stay in your cities and, and, and move to your cities, you have to look at what people want. Where are people going? Where are people leaving? Look at what's, look at what people want. Okay. The places that people are going, that shows what they want. So, copy, copy those policies. Take ideas, take ideas, take pages out of their book. You know, you know, Newark, New Jersey. Take a page out of Knoxville. Knoxville, Tennessee. Look at what they're doing. Look and see why they're desirable. That's what matters. You just have to look at these things. And you have to understand them. Where are people leaving? Where are people going? People do not like people truly... They might like the idea of the quote-unquote free stuff. This this article is wonderful. They may like the idea of free stuff. But, but remember, there is no such thing as free. Someone has to bite the bullet. Someone has to pay the cost. The buck stops somewhere. Someone has to pay the bill. And who pays the bill? Taxpayers. Medicare for all? Bad idea. Sounds really good, doesn't it? But think about it for about 10 seconds. Oh, wait. Well, how are we going to pay for that? Because remember, and this is something that I think people aren't really taught, um, but it, it should be explained to them. People need to understand taxes. You have to understand, governments don't have money. They have none. They don't have money. Governments get money from tax, from, through taxes. That's how it works. So, whenever it's like, and, I mean, just look at, just look at politicians. How are politicians paid? Through taxes. That's that's how that's how all these things are funded through taxes. So when you hear free whatever, just just look just look at your look at your bank account, open your banking app and look at it, and say, "Hmm, free what did you say? Free free housing." Free Medicare. Oh, that, 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 that's coming from this account. That's coming from the account that I'm looking at. And whose account is that? Oh, that's mine. So just be, just be aware of that and understand that. And let, let me, let me also say this to, to emphasize this. And, Cause I already mentioned it before, but I, I have to mention it again. Cause I've talked to a lot of people who, who, uh, who live in these who live in these red states 
And they're saying, yeah, you know, there's a lot of people coming from, you know, bluer states. They're saying, but the problem is they, they are, they are leaving. They're leaving. Um, they want to, they want to bring part of that old, they want to bring some of the old into the new. They want to, they, they, they're bringing California into Texas. They're bringing, they're bringing, they're bringing, you know, they're bringing Illinois into, into Arizona. They're bringing New York into Tennessee. You cannot vote the same way. We cannot, you can't vote for Democratic leader. You can't vote, you can't vote Democrat. Michael Knowles has a wonderful book. It's about, <laughs> it's, 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 it's a joke of a book. But it, the title is something along the lines of um, Reasons to Vote Democrat. The book is blank. It's meant, it's multiple pages. I think it's like, I think it's like a hundred, I think it's like a hundred pages. They're all blank. You cannot vote Democrat. It's not good. The Democratic Party of today is not what it was, you know, 60 years ago. It, it isn't. Don't vote Democrat. It's a bad idea. We see what happens to Democratic cities. Look at Chicago. Chicago is a hellhole. Baltimore. Newark. Trenton, New Jersey. Look at these places. What do they have in common? What's wrong with them?